0: Hello, and welcome to the Without Exception podcast. My name is Josiah Ott, and on this podcast, I seek to share practical content for everyday Christians. My hope is that I can help you live out your faith each day without exception. Welcome to episode 29 of Without Exception. Thank you for listening. Today, I wanna challenge you to look at things in life from a perspective of stewardship. I'm going to start a few podcast episode a series talking about the idea of stewardship. Now, if you hear in this episode, there's going to be a little bit more of a, of a background echo. I'm recording on the road again today, and uh, the only ro- the rooms I found to record the podcast in, it just seems that they were all echoey, so working with what I got, but I think it'll still be good, and I hope it is an encouragement to you. Now stewardship is ultimately the idea of being a good manager, knowing that God has given us many things in life to manage. Now I firmly believe that everything that I own in this life, everything that I have, everything that I possess in my own being, ultimately is something that belongs to God. If Jesus is my Lord, you know, he's the boss of my life, he's the one that's fully in control. Ultimately he's got a say in all of these things and ultimately he is sovereign over all these things. And so the idea of stewardship acknowledges that, you know, even though I I have the possession of these of these things in life, whether it be money or my time or physical possessions or personal gifting, whatever it is, these different things that God has given to me, they're not really mine. They're here is for me to manage, they're here for me to use for the glory of God alone. And so I want to share a, a very famous parable just to kind of open up this idea and challenge you to start looking at this in your own life. So we're going to read through this parable, and then this podcast again will be a little bit shorter. And then the following weeks, I'm going to dive into a specific area that we should try to be good stewards of uh, each week for a few more weeks. But I just wanted to pitch this to you first by sharing the parable of the talents. It's very famous. You've probably heard it many times and probably even heard it taught on many times. I probably won't bring anything fresh, but sometimes... Uh, When you hear something, you know, it comes in the right season. So even if you've heard this before, I hope that it is a word in season to you today. And I hope it's an encouragement and a challenge to you as well. So Jesus shares a series of uh, parables and different teachings here in Matthew chapter 25, basically putting forth the idea that while he is gone, how are people going to behave? Are people going to be ready for when he comes back? or Are people going to procrastinate and just kind of mess around? And then all of the sudden... Jesus returns, and they're not ready for his return. And so in this uh, context, Jesus shares this parable in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. And he says this, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. Obviously, this man would be Jesus. He's the master, and we are the servants. And he says, To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away, and he had received the five talents. Went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. Now it's important to note here that talents are not like physical gifting or skills. Like that's, this is not the form of talent that we're talking about. Talent in the in the Bible days was actually a unit of measurement. Primarily, uh, was used as a measurement of weight. You know, it, it was actually a very a very heavy unit of weight. I think it was the largest um, the denomination or their largest uh, uh, sized, um, measurement, I guess, to, so to speak, it would be like, if you got all the little, you know, tablespoon and cup and quarter cup, all those in your drawer, most people have the, the single cup, you know, like a whole cup is the biggest out of all of the, of the, of the set. And so that's kind of what the talent was the biggest of all of them. And then it, so he goes and he he gives you know five to the one guy, two to another, and then one to the other guy. Right there, he's entrusting to them his property. Ultimately, this property belongs to the master, right? Again, Jesus is the master. So ultimately, it's his property. It's ultimately uh, something that belongs to him. But he's entrusted it to these other guys for a season. So the guy with five talents goes in and he earns five talents more. And five talents could have been the equivalent of about seventy-five years worth of wages for your average worker in those days. So it was it was a lot, a lot that he entrusted to him. And then it goes on to say in verse 17, so also he who had the two talents made two talents more, but he who had received the one talent went and he dug in the ground and he hid his master's money. Obviously he was a poor steward of what he had been given. Now verse 19 says, now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he had received the five talents, came forward and bringing five talents more, saying, "Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more." His master said to him, "Well done, good and faithful servant, you have been faithful over a little, and I will now set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master." And he also who had received the two talents, came forward, saying, "Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I've made two talents more. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Then he also who received the one talent came forward saying, master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here have what is yours. But the master responded to him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Uh, In light of this, you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at least coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a nice sobering um, section of scripture here. So Jesus, the master, he comes back after being gone for a long journey. Obviously, that can refer to the second coming, or if we don't live to see that, it's the day that we go to meet with the Lord, is what I would say. So it's the it's the day where we're held to account with what we did. And so Jesus is essentially asking, what have you done with what I've given to you? Or how have you handled what I've entrusted to you? Did you just take you know, the great things that I gave to you in this life and bury them and do nothing with it? Or were you faithful to take care of of those things and to reproduce it? Now, obviously, not everything that Jesus has entrusted to us, we are meant to reproduce. However, he does want us to be good managers of it, and that might just mean using the talents or gifts that we have. That might mean being responsible with our money, not necessarily making more money, but being a good uh, responsible manager of it, or even taking care of the physical possessions we have. Uh, our physical bodies, again, could be one, and realizing that we need to be healthy right, and try, try to take care of these bodies because they're the temple of the Holy Spirit. There's these these different ideas. And it, it kind of points back to the idea of integrity because it asks the question, well, are you going to be obedient when the master isn't physically Watching, well, obviously, you know, God sees everything that we do. But as far as the servant, you know, motif goes in this passage, you can go and see that, you know, there's a ser- this master in a faraway land and he's entrusted us um, with these things. And the thing that I, I find so shocking here is that he comes unexpectedly, you know, just randomly one day, you know, he comes back and here he is, you know, and it's like because it's supposed to illustrate when Jesus comes back and nobody knows the day or the hour you know people might have these ideas but nobody knows you know Jesus said nobody knows so that's how we know that nobody knows and if he comes back unexpectedly and people are not ready for him you know they haven't been good stewards it's pretty intense to think about that you know your chance is gone so you don't want to be procrastinating about becoming a better steward because you might not get any more time, right? So today you want to be a good steward of all that God has given you. And so having the stewardship mentality, ultimately it comes down to acknowledging that God is the rightful owner of all that we have, all that we possess, that he's sovereign over everything, that Jesus is my Lord. He's my boss in every area of my life. He's entrusted me to manage these various things. And so I want to be a good manager. And it's something that we can look at so many different areas of our life and say, well, you know, can I see this from a stewardship lens? Personally, it's something I try to do uh, in so many areas. Say, I, I want to look at all these areas in life and make sure that I'm being a good manager of what God has given me and uh, try to take care of the, of the physical things that he's given me, try to take care of the physical body he's given me, try to not waste the time. Time is such a precious resource that all of us have and we can't get any more. So there's all these different ideas. But we want to realize that that he's given us these things. It's a gift. He's sovereign. And in light of that, we should treasure it, and we should be the good steward so that at the end of our lives, uh, we can hear that wonderful message, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And so, as I said, in the subsequent weeks here, we're going to dive into some specifics, but I just wanted to challenge you and maybe take some time this week as you're going about your week to try to think of different areas where the stewardship motif can apply, where you can look at, at your life and say, okay, this is something I believe God's entrusted to me and I need to take good care of it and then seek to do it in a way that honors God, in a way that glorifies God in all that you do. And so that's my heart with the idea of stewardship. And so with that, I thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Without Exception podcast. I pray that this episode has been edifying to you and that it is something you can put into practice in your own life. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and share it with others. If you were listening on Apple, I would love it if you would leave a review. It helps with the exposure of the show. That said, I pray you have an awesome week and until I see you next time, let's live out our faith each day without exception.